Hello, hello, and welcome to all of you worms out there for the seventh episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today, and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the episode today. Um, if you haven't already, go ahead and go to our Facebook page, which is the Worm Burner Podcast. Give it a like and a follow, as well as our page. And, of course, you can just have a look around, see what you think, even comment on our Facebook, let us know what you think. And for this week's episode, we are going to be covering a very interesting topic, one that has a really detailed and and interesting story behind it. So uh, we'll be covering the roles of a deep-lying playmaker and a position, or, well, a role that can also be classified as a position, uh, of a Makalele position. So uh, stay tuned, and I'm going to take a short break, get my material ready, and I will be back for today's episode. And we are back for this week's episode on the Warm Runner Podcast. So before we start, I wanted to go ahead and state that for the roles that we're going to be doing, it is going to be in the defensive midfield position. So slightly behind central midfield, but ahead of the central defender position. So this is a bit of a change uh, compared to the other positions that we've done in, in the past and roles that we've done in the past, uh, but it's still along that same center of the formation uh, line that we are doing. Uh, we are not going to be able to see variants uh, of either left or the right side until later, but um, I at least wanted to state that we're still staying right down the center of the, of the formation, and we're starting with the deep line playmaker first. So the deep line playmaker uh, is a bit more of a aggressive defensive midfielder is what I would like to say. It's a position that is a little more attack-minded versus defensive-minded. There's, like I had stated before in, in previous episodes, there is a balance when it comes to defensive versus attacking or, or offensive. And so that trend between the back and forth of being able to go more attacking or more defensive. It depends on where you are on the field as well as well as the role, because even in a striker position, someone can be extremely defensive. Uh, and that's what we were talking about in the previous episode with the deep line forward. So I wanted to go along the same lines and just pick a defensive position along with a more uh, attacking position as well. So a deep line playmaker is someone that is uh, filling in the hole, the, the holes that will be presented within the defense, uh, while also at the same time helping with the contribution uh, of the attack. So when it comes to a deep line playmaker, this is a position where most coaches have their center line of this is where the flip between attack versus defense happens. Um, this is something contrary to myself. I tend to have my switch line of between defense and offense uh, in the middle of the park because it's just it's easier for me to be able to maintain uh, personally for me and with the formations that I've used in my life uh, it's it's super simple so I'm able to actually make that transition with my teams and with the actual formations themselves uh, in the middle of the park so but with that deep line playmaker uh, it 
drops that line a little bit further back. Uh, and in some aspects, it can be very, very, very beneficial. Um, so having those deep line playmakers, uh, it forces the attackers to be able to actually come forward, uh, as well as even get some of the midfielders into the actual game itself of trying to push these deep line playmakers when the either strikers or maybe even a left or attack, uh, left or right attacking midfielder is preoccupied with a defender or something like that. If they're trying to cut off the lanes uh, in sort of like a pressing situation, so press is more of uh, a situation in which a team is trying to uh, basically strangulate the team uh, into making a mistake or forcing them into making a mistake uh, that they would otherwise not make if they were not being pressed in such an aggressive way. So a deep line playmaker can and will be in a really big and positive position uh, just above that center line of the center defense or even just the defensive line in general. Uh, because it gives that extra fifth person. Uh, so there are a lot of attacks and a lot of formations that I've seen when it comes to these different variations. One of them uh, has four players pressing basically every single defender. Uh, so having that additional uh, deep-lying playmaker to be able to drop back, help with the defense, uh, is very important. So when you are in that deep line playmaker position or role, I should say, it is very, very important for you to be able to drop back and help your defenders. Um, this is something that is very vital. And at least personally for me, when it comes to the American game, I've seen a lot is, again, as I've stated in previous videos, especially with the defender video, defense tends to be skipped over a lot. And uh, it's not to the fault of the defense at all, because at least personally for me, the way that I've seen sports in recent history, and again, as we had previously stated in other episodes, the American mentality when it comes to sports is very attacking, very dominant, very um, not necessarily defensive-minded. We're all offense, and, and that's what I had ex explained in my uh, situation, or in my example before, of the NBA games when I was watching when I was, what, seven, eight, nine years old for the Indiana Pacers back when I lived in Indiana. Those games probably hardly ever went even remotely close to 100, 110 points, whereas now, uh, honestly, when it comes to NBA scorelines, it's literally, what, every other, every other game, uh, both teams are hitting 110, whereas before they were hardly, not even one team could barely even make it up there. So it's becoming a lot more uh, aggressive, a lot more attack-minded, and I feel that uh, with that shift in the sport mentality, it's the same exact thing with soccer, and uh, I feel that one of the major keys to actually helping the sport is actually sliding that back, sliding the dynamic of the attacking versus defense balance back towards defense when it comes to the actual sport of soccer. So that's exactly why um, I wanted to bring in the deep line playmaker. And so this is a very fluid role. It's one that uh, helps with that transition between attack and defense. So when you have that drop back from the deep line playmaker, uh, it allows the defense to be able to actually open up a little more. They're able to actually make the connections and passes that they need to. And so when you have the amount of players that you have, so for example, if the attacking 
team, or if the sorry, if the opposing team uh, has four players pressing, uh, they'll have a striker, an attacking midfielder, a left attacking midfielder, and a right attacking midfielder. That's basically every single position is tied up when it comes to the defense. So you'll have your right defender, center defender, two center defenders normally uh, with a left left defender. So every single position there is tied up, and basically all they need to do is man mark and they'll never be able to pass the ball. So you need to be able to create what's called an overload. So an overload is when, uh, basically, long story short, your team has a multitude of players to be able to come back to that one position. And so forcing that overload, uh, it helps alleviate the press whenever it comes to those kinds of situations. And a deep-lying playmaker is a really, really, really good position to be able to help uh, counter that. So um, a deep line playmaker has that mindset of being able to drop back and help the defense while at the same time, uh, most deep line playmakers can also have the vision of being able to attack at the same time. Um, one of the best deep line playmakers, at least in my opinion, is a man by the name of Andrea Pirlo. Uh, he had amazing, amazing vision of being able to just pick out a pass just willy-nilly basically it seemed like this man was able to ping a ball what 20 30 yards and it just seemed like nothing it was right to their feet and they were able to take off right when they needed to so he was able to unlock the attack and be able to make that switch as i said before between attack and defense um the deep line playmaker uh it, again like i had said it is much more defensive it is a defensive centered midfielder is what i like to say is is a really good interpretation of the position um, but they definitely have their own attacking premises and their own attacking attributes. And one of them is is that vision. Andrea Perlo was not a big person. Um, he was relatively short, but I mean, come on. We're looking also at a sport that we have the likes of Lionel Messi. He's 5'8", and he's considered one of, if not the best player in the world. So it's one thing to me when it comes to size as well as in sports or in soccer at least. Uh, Height only really is required in a certain area of the field, um, whereas in basketball and with other sports, it's like, yep, if you're tall, you're pretty much in. <laughs> so uh, soccer has just a whole diverse and multitude of of different uh, attributes when it comes to soccer, and being able to take all of those attributes um, is very, very important from the coaching perspective and being able to actually attribute those to the players and being able to, I mean, th this is all a part of a coach's job, is being able to take all of those. So without further ado, I wanted to actually go to the next section. Uh, so with that deep-lying playmaker, I wanted to be able to tell basically a quick story uh, for you guys. So the next role that we will be playing or going over uh, today is going to be called the Makalele role. So for those of you that don't know, there was a very famous player by the name of Claude Makalele. He used to play for Real Madrid, and he also played for Chelsea. Um, and so this man was able to be a deep-lying playmaker of sorts, but he had a lot more attacking premise uh, versus a deep-lying playmaker. So a lot of people contribute 
the Makalele role to be a combination of a deep line playmaker and what's called an anchorman role, uh, which is basically the attack starts and ends with him, basically. Um, so this is this role here, the Makalele role, is one that is basically it, it is the focal point of a midfield. And in some instances, they're able to uh, be the well, let's just say tempo runner as well as attack and defense runner as well. It's a very important role to a certain team, especially in a certain formation. Um, mostly these formations for the Makalele role are done, and a deep line playmaker are mostly done with a 4-3-3 role. So it's four defenders, three midfielders, and three attackers, uh, with one of those uh, midfielders sitting deeper. Uh, than the rest of the field, so uh, you all basically you always have five defenders, uh, roughly at the same time, with that deep line playmaker being added as that adds as that fifth defender. Um, so when it comes to the Makalele role, a lot of people underestimated what Claude Makalele could do, and one of the biggest people that actually did underestimate what Claude Makalele did uh, was one of the teams he actually played for, which was Real Madrid. Um, one of the managers had been recently f uh, fired from his position. It was a man by the name of Vincent, uh, Vincente Del Bosque. Um, and so once he was removed from the position, it basically removed the protection uh, that Claude Makalele had. Uh, Del Bosque saw Makalele as literally the focal point of the team, and a lot of people within the team did see that as well. He was the start and end of the attack, as I explained before, with the Makalele role. It tends to be someone like that. So when the president of Real Madrid actually came out and said that Makalele had been sold, um, the team was basically devastated. They were like, what is going on? They ended up selling Claude Makalele and bringing in another midfielder by the name of David Beckham. Ironically, we've already covered him. But there was a, another famous player that was on Real Madrid that we will cover at later dates. is a man by the name of Zinedine Zidane. And there was a very famous quote that he said after Makalele's sell sale from Real Madrid, and it was just so like influential. It was so powerful that basically the people like Vincente Del Bosque and Zinedine Zidane saw how important this player was. Even though, yes, these players tend to be underrated normally, uh, they are very very important to the squad. Uh, and so the quote that Zinedine Zidane said after Makalele was sold and then the purchase of David Beckham had been made, he said, quote, why put on another gold layer of paint on a Bentley when you're losing the entire engine? And it just sends a little bit of a chill down my spine when like, I view that because David Beckham was seen as basically this glorified purchase of this was when Real Madrid was starting to get more embraceive of what's called the Galactico era. And we can cover that maybe in another story uh, or two later in, f in further episodes, but they were basically purchasing the best talent and the best 
uh, time of their lives, basically, or at least what people believe should be their best time, because uh, the season before Makaleli was sold, I believe Real Madrid finished first in the league. So they, at least for Real Madrid standards, were doing well in the league. So Claude Makaleli was then sold, even though they were the focal point, and they were actually <laughs> worse off the next season. That next season, they actually did finish fourth. So they even finished worse than the season before uh, when they had Makaleli. So it was it was a bit of a uh, it it made the. Uh, president of Real Madrid a, a little flush in the face when he was actually found out that he made a, a poor choice. And then Chelsea went on to actually have a very good run of success with McAuley there in their midfield. So um, it was a bit of a punch in the gut from Real that they were able to sell such an important player uh, to, I mean, at least on the continental level to a rival in Chelsea. So, um, with this being said, Makaleli was a very influential person when it came to uh, the actual midfield and the way the midfield ran from attack to or from defense to attack, uh, and having that switch uh, was vital. He was making runs in the box, almost like a box-to-box midfielder. That's also another role that the Makaleli role is kind of like attributed to as well, uh, as well as the deep-lying playmaker and the anchorman role. So um, even a box-to-box midfielder can be misinterpreted for even a Makaleli role. So um, that's a general idea of what the Makaleli role is, and so I, I hope you guys enjoyed the story as well. Um, next up, we are going to be going over our extra man advice of the week, uh, so stay tuned. And for this week's extra man advice of the week, uh, we are actually going to be looking at regulating your diet. It's a bit of a change compared to all the other ones. It feels like I was taking more of a on-the-pitch route when it came to the extra man advice of the week, so I wanted to take a step back and pick something uh, that was a lot more focused on off the ball or off the pitch because when you're on the bench during a game, you can still have that mentality of of having a, dra- a daydream or two, but when it comes to the actual off-pitch mentality, um, I wanted to focus more towards what you can actually do physically for yourself besides mentally preparing yourself. And honestly, that really does come down to nutrition, filling yourself with foods uh, that can actually help your body and be able to perform the way that it needs to uh, on the pitch. Um, one of the probably more famous managers, uh, Arsene Wenger, uh, when he was hired at Arsenal, actually did a complete revamp of the team's food schedule as well as even managing what they ate and it was just crazy from a a manager's point of view it's something that had never really been done before never really focused on and I mean now since then every single team has chefs they've got the ability or they did have chefs before but still at the same time this is something that is a lot more regulated now uh, versus before because Arsene Wenger was able to actually envision the ability to change a player's diet and having that change was able to affect whether or not they were playing at their peak or not so it's something that personally for me I feel is very important don't fill yourself with junk food Uh, Fill yourself with very high carbs or maybe even having protein or two 
um, making sure that your body is getting enough energy to be able to burn out throughout the day. Like, for example, instead of having a bowl of cereal, you can have some eggs uh, to be able to help yourself through the day. Uh, protein itself, like eggs, has a much more higher nutrition nutritional value uh, to your body, as well as it allows you to have more energy throughout the day. Um, as well as having some pasta as well before a game. Uh, many players have also stated that pasta can help them uh, throughout the game and keep the energy levels uh, at a high intensity level. And obviously the choice of eating vegetables uh, as well instead of fried foods uh, on the sides is extremely important, obviously. So making those small changes within your diet, it, it not only helps within the health uh, world of just having you perform better mentally and physically, it also helps within the soccer world of being able to have a high level of protein or having that high level of energy, um, as well as even having some meats. I prefer, at least in my honest opinion, to have white meats versus dark meats. Yes, dark meats have a lot more protein packed in them, but uh, I've seen from at least personal use that white meats keep a lot better. Uh, and they still have a very high nutritional value. Uh, e again, maybe less than red meats, but it still gives you that high protein level that you essentially need when it comes to muscle growth. Maybe you uh, are bulking out when it comes to a particular position you're looking to look like Michael Richards or someone like that, just having the muscle build that you need for the position or being able to body off a defender. Uh, that it can happen. So uh, that will actually conclude our episode for the day. Uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you uh, for all of you and, and just, again, tuning in. Um, I look forward to seeing you next week with the eighth episode of the Warm Burner podcast. Uh, so as always, enjoy your day. Uh, love soccer and ciao, everyone.